0: to another episode of N express nintendo podcast the official nintendo podcast of goombastomp.com i'm your host cameron daxon joining us we have games editor mark Kalaroff. one week till mario golf one week we're all holding on to our golf clubs in anticipation we also have with us indie games editor campbell gill
1: one week to get over the e3 highs (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm already over my E3 high, frankly. I've it's leveled stunning. out at this point. Yeah, I need another I need another hit. I've still been watching um, the
1: Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. I only watched it like ten times today, which is pretty good for me.
0: I have not re-watched any trailers. Wow. I I don't know I mean I don't know if I've expressed this on the podcast before. I, I try to avoid trailers for movies, mm-hmm. games, shows, whatever. I try to avoid them as often as possible to get kind of a cold you know get like a fresh look whenever i'm experiencing some kind of media. So that's just me. Um, although i did watch, i will say i watched the Elden Ring trailer twice. But other than that, i've i've i've, I've yet to rewatch any E3 related stuff.
1: But Breath of the Wild. I rewatched
2: though. one out of question and it wasn't Breath of the Wild. Can you guess which one it was? Mario Party. Oh, no. I was going to say Metroid. <laughs> no. I rewatched out of all of them i rewatched it was Super Monkey Ball. And Ooh, it was because oh. I saw a post that you can play as the Sega Genesis and like some of the other consoles, and I was so confused. Wait, what? Because I was like, is it an Yeah, you can literally play as them. They're like in the balls. Like they're in the ball? Yeah. What? That's <laughs> hilarious. So
0: instead of a little monkey, instead of a monkey just, like, it's, just yeah, like, it is. spinning yeah. in place.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I went back in the trailer and I was like, I can't find this thing. And then I looked at the press release and I was like Oh, these people aren't joking. Like you could literally play as a Sega Genesis. But can you play as a Nintendo Switch? <laughs> That's what we need. They should add that.
0: For for I bet you I I you know what? I bet you it's a secret unlockable. I bet it's an Easter egg of some kind. Mm, yeah. If you complete all 300 minigames or whatever it is, you get the you get to put a little
1: Joy-Con in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, well, what that I would actually be perfect board. then because the ball drifts around. Joy-Con in there. It's Joy-Con drift. <laughs> Campbell huh?
0: why would you kill him like that That's so <laughs> brutal. oh man well moving on to something more wholesome than uh, Campbell savagely murdering the Nintendo Swift uh Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons Mark and Campbell have both been playing some sort of builder related titles for the Nintendo Switch uh, Mark, you've been playing, what's it called? Lego Builder... What's it called? Lego... Lego Builder's Journey. Lego Builder's Journey, and Campbell's been... Uh, both of you guys reviewed these for the site. Campbell reviewed Game Builder Garage for Switch, and Mark has reviewed Lego Builder's Journey on the Switch. So we thought it might be interesting to devote an episode to these two sort of... Uh, to me, these games like are on similar, uh, similar fields. I know they're completely different games, obviously, but something about the idea of... Programming a game and constructing a Lego set, like, to me, I would put those in the same category. I don't know why. That's mm-hmm. just the way my brain works. Yeah, it's uh, like architecture and all it's that. It's like architecture, in a way. Uh, we'll go with that. Uh, Mark, I read your review for this game, and as somebody who didn't know this game existed, it absolutely tickled my fancy i actually constructed a lego set today so i was very in the mood for Ooh, anything lego one? oh it was just a little a little freebie that came with the lego bonsai tree um, okay. on the lego on the lego mm. website if you make a purchase over you know x amount of dollars you, it mm-hmm. includes they it send a little... you free yeah exactly so i i built a little mclaren car which was fun just a little, little 90 piece set nothing too exciting but you mm-hmm. know a, a fun
2: way to kill 15 minutes Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about Lego Builder's Journey? Yeah, so Lego Builder's Journey. I grew up playing Legos, so first of all, I love Legos. Like, I, I have think, in my I room we, on... Yeah. Yeah, I think we all have. I mean, in yeah, my right room, yeah. I have, like, a painting of the Millennium Falcon, and under oh, it is literally that? the Lego Millennium Falcon.
0: I'm so yeah. jealous. I, I love those. Do uh, what, what, you know what that series is called where it's just, you can hang them, they're like posters, but it's just Legos?
2: Oh, no, 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 I haven't gotten that. Like, I have, like, a legit, like, signed painting from, like, a Disney artist.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, even even cooler. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, but I do know what you're talking about. Those Lego paintings are really cool. They have an yeah, Iron Man do. one. I really want to get that. But, um, yeah. but this game is about... Um, they don't have genders, but I assume it's, like, a mother and daughter or father and son... And they go on a journey and while like the parent is working, the kid's doing like his thing going around like skateboarding and stuff. But the goal of the game is to build the path for the characters. So you're in these little Lego dioramas and all you literally have to do is figure out how to build the path from point A to point B. Or sometimes there's like a small little puzzle every now and then, like there's one part where when the parent figure is working, how you have to like fill in, they sort of work in like a coal mine. I, I think that's what it is. I'm pretty sure it's like a coal. Uh,
1: wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second. Hold on. Hold so on. this is like yeah, an old Western up. story and they're working a the coal mine.
0: Well, <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the black lung.
1: I <laughs> so does this grow into a commentary on like child labor laws, or
0: oh yeah, and and the and the the destruction of the earth, uh, of through uh, fossil yes. fuel mining, right? Yeah,
1: yes. But he's
2: like he's like mining stone, and you have to like put the stone pieces in the places where they're missing. There's like small little puzzles like that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, the whole game's about building Legos in these small little dioramas. Um, for any Lego fan, I guess the closest comparison you can make is like when they originally released that Minecraft set and it's like that little 4x4 diorama, it's literally like if you had those for every single level.
0: Ooh, I think that's
2: the okay. best way to compare it. Interesting.
1: So I know this exactly is, this is, what that means. That that's so not.
2: completely unlike
0: any of the previous LEGO titles, you know, yes, LEGO Indiana Jones, LEGO Star of, Wars. Yeah. It's Got not it. like any
2: of them. This right. one is sort of, it has like a photorealistic look to it, it and it is because unbelievable. they unbelievable um, it is and what they did behind the scenes was they literally did with what they did with like the lego movie and making some of the sets for like star wars the games and indiana jones they literally built every single level and then they just and added like Scandaman. the digital features to it yeah wow and what some of them that, like that some um, the beginning opening levels have like dedicated paths so i think those are like completely like stop motioned in some of them. I would love to know, when you're when you're playing this game,
0: do, do you have any access to kind of how the game was made? Is there any kind of like special features that explain like, hey, here's how we made this game?
2: No, there's not. But the developer uh. Lightbrick Studio does have like a behind the scenes page on their website, which is pretty cool. They have some images. They sadly, I don't think there's any videos. I'd love to see them if there are. But yeah, they made it all out of Legos and then just scanned it right into the game.
0: Incredible. I think that's such an interesting way to to make a game, and frankly, I'm shocked that more games haven't done something like this. Yeah, um, how beautiful! Yeah, if you if you look up any screenshots of uh, Lego Builder's Journey, it, it really does look like I legitimately thought I was looking at pictures of just some random Lego set.
2: Oh, Lego set! Yeah, that's what right? I thought. Yeah. On
0: the Press release. Yeah, that's what it, that's what I was like. No, no, where's the actual game? But it's like, oh no, this is this is game footage. This is uh, this is what it looks like. So yeah, so every wow, this is really beautiful. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by looking at the. Just, the screenshot. Just Well, there's, there's something about Lego sets where your eye just wants it. It looks so
2: tangible. That's the looks great so, thing about this yeah, game. I it's reach so and tangible. It, yeah. And then when you're literally, my favorite way to play was with the touch screen. You could play it with button controls or you could play it with even motion control on switch. But my favorite way of doing it was literally just putting the switch on my desk and looking at it as if it were a Lego set and just mm. clicking on each button and putting them where they should be. I feel like I, that was the best way to play.
0: A hundred percent. I was I was surprised uh, in reading your review, Mark, that this game got its start on the Apple Arcade.
2: It but, did. It was an Apple thing,
0: Arcade exclusive. It yeah, exclusive no longer. But think, <laughs> I, but thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that would be perfect to just like I'm. You can't see cause this, is a, this is a podcast, but I'm pinching my phone right now and zooming in and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, that would be perfect to do for this kind of game. But yeah, on the Switch screen, that would be perfect, like you just described. the The optimal way to play is to is to use the touchscreen. Um, Can you can you zoom in and out of the little dioramas?
2: No, you can't. But you really don't need to. Like, there's absolutely no need to. There are some times where the camera can get in the way, and it's because like you have to drag the Lego pieces, and sometimes you want to put it on like an exact space, and it can get really annoying. But you could literally just click the D pad, so that fixes it. And the D pad's all like the placements of each individual square, so that solves that problem. There's really this. Honestly, this game is short. Very sweet. It's literally, I think it'll take you under an hour to complete if you like Lego sets and you enjoy building them already. If you're Mm. like a beginner and you've only built built like one or two Lego sets, maybe it'll take you a little over an hour, but Mm it definitely will take you less than two hours, one and a half hour. This is a very, very short game. And with that comes another debate, which is the price. Before
0: we get into that, uh, before we get into (laughs) that, because I mean, I'm sure we'll have, I'm sure we all have opinions about that. Yeah. Uh, so aside from the the story that you just described the the hour long or less story that you just described is there an, is there like an option to just construct legos like half the joy of having legos around no, is like reaching a bin there's nothing like Lebin. that it's literally
2: it's literally just the story interesting that's surprising it's, to me yeah it's the journey and that's it and you can go back to any single level or scenario you want afterwards after you finish it but otherwise else there's nothing to it Huh,
0: okay, so okay, so then take us into the next point then about, about the price.
2: Yes, so the price for this game, it's an incredible game, but the price is $20, mm-hmm. which to me is very problematic mm-hmm. because, yes, you can solve the puzzles in different ways and do it with your own creativity, but at the end of the day, it's an hour game for $20, mm-hmm. and I just don't, think that's worth it compared to... There's so many puzzle games on Switch. Like, you could buy Poyo Poyo Tetris for, like, $10. Sometimes it's on sale for $5. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not, like, the same as LEGO Builder's Journey, but there's even other LEGO games where they let you build like LEGO Worlds, and that game's always on sale for, like, 4 bucks. Mm-hmm. And to me, that the fact that this game is $20, it certainly shows its quality. It's very high in quality, but I don't think it's worth $20. So that's... I think the whole discussion about how much a video
0: game should cost is just completely broken in my opinion. It $20, is. $20. Yeah. $20 mm-hmm. is like $20 is, is $20. So it's uh, for a video game that's like a that's like a, I would call that like a medium a medium to I would call it a medium price for a game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like most first yeah, party games are like 50 60 bucks if you're playing on PS5 or the new Xbox. You know upwards of 70 dollars sometimes even more if you want to get like a special edition or something like that and then of course you got on the low end so you get things on sale for you know like you just said like four bucks five bucks i bought a game today for for 3.99 um tower Fall so on I. switch right oh, okay <laughs> so it's like we're you know we, we we have the full spectrum of what the price of a game costs but what you just described being a premium experience being you know it has lego in the title like it has that lego seal of quality Twenty dollars mm-hmm. to me is like yeah it's, that sounds about right, but on the other, then on the on the third hand, it is short,
2: <laughs> an hour it an is. hour
0: maybe two if you're really really pushing your time with it.
2: I believe it took me around fifty minutes to complete. Yeah, and there's new yeah. levels in this version. There's only a few. I honestly I've never played the original so I don't really know what's new. I noticed from like people playing online like the full game on YouTube. I noticed like which levels some of them were new, but. But they're still, like, very short levels. So, in right. the, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they're really, they didn't add much. Which is right. fine, because the game's already great. So there's no reason to really complain. They didn't even have to add the extra levels. It's
0: true. It's, like, it's just kind of a nice bonus for, for people who, who held out waiting for another version of the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. I think it's also coming to the older versions as, oh, like, nice. a future update. Yeah, but for the Switch course, gets it first. Yeah. The
0: Switch gets it first. but And, of course, the the benefit of... If you're an Apple Arcade subscriber, is uh, you have, of course, access to a ton of other games free or whatever mm-hmm. it is, five dollars a month or or whatever the subscription is these days. So mm-hmm.
2: and this also runs in like HD 1080p on Switch. Oh, nice! That's cool.
0: A- a- yet another reason to 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 enjoy Kept it this on, version yeah. on that console. Exactly. So I don't know, man, Campbell. Where do you come down on this? Like, I don't know. It's it's always difficult to say. Like, obviously, money means different things to different people. Like in the course of this conversation, I'm ordering a pizza right now. And that pizza's <laughs> gonna come out to like, it's gonna be like what? Like it's Domino's, so it's gonna be like, you know, 15 bucks for bucks. two pizzas, or whatever what it is, really? yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know, it's 7.99 for, for two medium pizzas with stuff on it, whatever whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm about to drop near, you know, with a tip and everything, about $20 on pizza. So it's was like, is this game worth more to me than a pizza? Yeah, maybe, probably,
1: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should
0: I compare video games to food more often? Maybe.
1: Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I think if we're going to compare Lego Builder's Garage to any food, it sounds like maybe like a spicy calzone or something. Uh, like $15, like really nice, packed with like spices and meats, yeah, protein, come, all that kind of It comes with stuff. like a side salad or exactly, something. Exactly. Like a really right. high-end kind of meal. that It takes only like, I don't know, a few minutes to eat it, but it's so joyful. As you're consuming that. Mm -hmm. And that is such an odd metaphor to make. And not at all what I was planning to say. But thank you for pushing me in that direction, Cameron. So, (laughs) But that really is where I fall on this issue. Where on the one hand, I'd say I'm budget conscious. And like, okay, when I'm going to spend... Especially now with the new generation. With games getting more expensive than ever. You know, I spent... I actually didn't spend $70 on the new Spider-Man game for PS5. But, you know, when you're buying a brand new game for $70, that's a huge amount of money. You want to make sure you get the value out of that. But value, like you say, is subjective. You know, there's 10 hours of a brilliant game is absolutely worth $70, in my view, at least. But 20 hours of something mediocre, you know, that's completely different. So. When you're well, talking about game talk about Lego Builder's garage with it being I mean Mark Lego you Builder's read your journey. Garage Oh man. Oh that's yeah, funny. You keep or, calling it. I
2: I wanted to correct you before I was laughing, but I was like, <laughs> I'll just let it slide. That's beautiful. Great.
1: I'm just prepared for my review se- uh, conversation later. Oh yeah, so, game game builder journey, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, if you read, you know, Mark your review is incredibly positive for that game. You don't have anything bad to say about it aside from the price. Don't yeah. So if you get twenty dollars of enjoyment out of something, to me, it doesn't matter whether it's one hour or fifteen hours. It's all about the enjoyment and the value you derive from it.
0: Well, and Mm -hmm. to me, the the reason the reason I say this discussion is completely broken is that we don't. If I go and see a movie. Like Obviously, I haven't seen a movie in a movie theater in a year mm-hmm. and a half, but I'm, I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to going back to the movie theater. Maybe next month, see some Black Widow. I don't know. Um, you, you compare it to, like, you go see a movie. I don't know what it costs for you guys. I know in New York, a movie is expensive. In LA, it's it's also pretty pretty expensive to, like, go see a movie. Um, even yeah, if it's, by me, if,
2: if it's AMC, you're paying, like, 15 at to least, 20 bucks for I, a ticket. I was going to say, at mm-hmm. least
0: 15 bucks, um, and that's on, like, the low end. So... Mm-hmm. So to me, I could, if you go see a movie and you drop fifteen, twenty bucks on it, and it was just okay, like I saw Doctor Sleep in theaters, and I was like, "Ah, eh, this movie I thought was just okay." But I didn't like, oh, I can't believe I spent fifteen dollars on that movie." It was just like, "Yeah, it's just the price of a movie," you know. But for some reason around games, this completely messed up. Like, "Oh, I can't believe I spent twenty dollars on this game." Oh, yeah, it's, it's not worth true. it. it I, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like I, I don't, like for some reason or other, the, your brain like not you. You the general you it it means something different and I guess maybe it is different on Switch because you have like the, the comparison I always see thrown around is like oh you can get Hollow Knight for fifteen dollars or and often yeah. less because mm-hmm. it's, it's very I, often I was on sale. literally
2: I was talking about this with a friend this morning yeah. I bought a short hike for it was on sale for like four bucks and I was right. thinking to myself it's literally the same like length as Lego Builder's Journey
0: right and it's like you know and, and that and that kind of messes up the well, I guess it not messes up, but it complicates the price discussion,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because if you can you, know, you can spend three four dollars on a game and have like a perfectly lovely time, and it's like, well, why would I spend twenty dollars on a game that's only going to take me forty five minutes? I don't know. I don't I don't have, like, a point I'm trying to make. Just that I, I think the discussion is complicated. And I and it, and it bums me out a little bit to, to see things reduced to, well, is it worth it for the price? Because I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, kind of. Maybe. Like, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I honestly, in the review, I felt bad mentioning it. Except I felt like yeah, I had you, an but, obligation. But at the same time, you know? I was right. going to say,
0: at the same time, you're exactly right, Mark. You have to mention it. Because, like, $20 is can be a lot of money. Especially for, for people who... Uh, who you know who just bought a switch or something like that it's like well like i can only spend you know especially if you're trying if you have a family you're trying to budget out the amount of games you buy per year it's like i remember back in the day like i i would get a game on my birthday and maybe at christmas and like that was it you know and it's sometimes that's the case today like you can only buy so many games
2: on your switch it's it's tricky i don't know it's a beautiful game it's a beautiful yeah, game it's a it's a it, great it look, game if you can looks, my my honest opinion is if you see it on sale, go for it. No question. Se- seems like a no-brainer, yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. If you can afford mm-hmm. to shell out the 20 for it, go ahead if you want a great hour experience. Yeah. But if you, really like, if you really want to play this game and you're not sure about shelling out $20 for it, just hold back. Wait for a sale. Yeah. Lego games always go on sale. This will probably do. be on sale in like three or four months.
0: Right. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me or if you know if you've got some gold points you know lying around in your in your Nintendo wallet like
2: oh yeah yeah i literally just maybe. got a short hike for 5 cents because of gold points <laughs> i always forget that i have gold
0: points
1: and then i remember yeah. and it's
0: and it's 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 kind of a nice little bonus. it's like oh yeah it's like finding $5 in your pocket it's great pocket
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> or if um, you have a bunch of gold points and some leftover earnings from a prediction cast that you won you know it might be <laughs> worthwhile checking that mm-hmm. out so so speaking uh, hypothetically here.
0: This is yeah. This is not relating to any, not pertaining to anybody specific um, on this podcast, of course. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I, I want to pick your brain, Campbell, about your your purchases lately, but that's for a different segment of the podcast. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, I hope I didn't derail the conversation, uh, Mark, because I don't mean to rant about my opinions on how much things. No, you bring cost. up a valid point. I mean, you you brought up the point. Like, I actually same thing as Campbell. Like, it's it's a it's a really great review, and I think for anybody who you very you do a great job of describing. Here's why people like Legos. Like, you you bring in some of your own experiences with it, which is like, oh yeah, it, it takes me right back to, you know, dumping out a box of Legos on the floor and and sifting through the pieces. But of course, you do you you've got to bring up the price, and I think you you do a good job of kind of, hey, just a heads up. It cost us
2: much money like I think you you do it in a in a, in a decent way um I also so I should know. mention this game has a lovely soundtrack it's all like an oh, ambient great. um I don't want to say lo-fi because it's not always lo-fi but it does have a great soundtrack and when mm. I was a kid my brother and I used to sit down and watch Batman the animated series and mm. build Legos whenever we got <laughs> so it was like it was so nice getting to like this soundtrack and just sitting there at my desk with my switch just like laid down and you know it just brought back a lot of memories that's, it was a very nostalgic that experience sounds
1: amazing. I had the same experience growing up but for me it was watching TMNT while building Lego sets <laughs> so it sounds like then if it's like lo-fi music that's what I listen to as a grown up while I'm working, writing, whatever so it's like the grown up equivalent of that experience as a kid experience, building yeah. <laughs> stuff while you're listening to something or watching something I love that yeah
0: there's there really is nothing like opening up a Lego set putting on some music and just kind of getting into that zone. And it sounds like this game maybe it doesn't offer exactly that feeling, but it offers an experience that's pretty close to it. And I think that's very cool.
2: It does. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: a very nice experience. I love it. Um, all right, well I think that about does it for Lego
2: Builder's Journey, unless there's anything else you want to say to wrap it up, Mark. Uh if you're between buying a Lego set and buying this game and you like tangibility like I do. My gut feeling is go with the Lego set and wait for this game to be on sale. Fair enough, yeah. But a lot of- you should get this game, like no doubt. Like if you love Legos and you want this game, get it.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna take a quick little break, and we will. Be, I almost said a quick little brick as a, a nod to Legos, but huh. that's dumb. So yeah, fair th-
1: that's all it deserves. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick gonna break, say, and then we will. You're really quite a stud for owning up to that. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh no. with
0: that I freaking love it, Campbell. With that, we are gonna come right back with Campbell's thoughts on Nintendo's Game Builder Garage. Campbell's got more puns and thoughts about Game Builder Garage for Nintendo
1: Switch. Campbell, why don't you take it away? I'm going to start with some very bittersweet news, guys. Oh? I'm quitting Goomba Stomp to become a full-time game developer now, because Game Builder Garage (laughs) has taught me everything I need to know about game development, and I am only partially exaggerating here.
0: Incredible. Well, Campbell, we wish you great luck. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. been quite a ride. I'm sure Nintendo and Doug Bowser will be happy to have you, so just give Miyamoto-san our best wishes, and, uh, you know, we wish you luck.
1: You bet, absolutely. I'm packing myself <laughs> back up into that box, going over to Redmond now. Um, I'll give him your well wishes. But
0: Fair enough. Uh, but it, really, yeah, please, please.
1: Yeah, in all seriousness, Game Builder Garage is... In many ways, it feels like an anti-Mario Maker on the spectrum of Ooh, games that build games. That's a comparison. It really is. But think about it, though. Mario Maker is all about simplicity and accessibility. You you pick up Mario, you drag and drop him, you put him on the map, and you just drag and drop these elements to build things together. You don't have to you- think about how the elements interact it just just works.
0: You put 50 thwomps down, you call it a day. Precisely.
1: Whereas with Game Builder Garage, it's like a reality reality check from that mindset. It is all about teaching you the core elements that go into game development, and it does present them in this really cartoony, easy-to-grasp way, but the fundamentals are still there. It features all the same syntax the same relationships, logic, all the elements that go into real-world programming are present and accounted for here. So in a way, it's not so much all about letting your ideas run wild and getting creative the way that a Mario Maker or a Dreams lets you do, but it's more about training you in those fundamentals and then setting you up for success to build these really crazily versatile projects out of it using those tool sets and then when you do actually go into real world programming which I actually did after this just to see how the skills would overlap and it actually works it teaches oh, some really fascinating it's fascinatingly accurate in how they do this in such a easy to, to grasp way so i would call it more of an educational tool than entertainment if we're being oh, completely honest but yeah, as it absolutely. functions like that, I could easily see this being a mainstay in introductory programming classes, game development workshops, anything of that sort. It is a very valuable experience from a personal development standpoint, especially if you ever do want to get into either game development or just programming in general. Question. I think
2: that's inc- mm-hmm. Please go ahead. Very important question.
1: Okay. Does
2: this teach you like the terminology of game design?
1: It, I would say it does. Oh, so cool. And when I, what I mean by that is, it teaches you elements that you would see in any standard programming language or game development engine. You have things like the AND function, the logic, of how you can place one object down and connect it with an AND, so that way if you're doing this AND this, then this happens. It really teaches you that syntax and trains you in that mindset. And really, it's a mindset alongside the syntax that really makes it so valuable because not only does it teach you How to get elements to connect together so that way what you want to happen will happen on screen. You know, so that way you can determine that this box is breakable when the character punches it. Or that this platform is affected by gravity to a certain degree. It also trains you in the mindset of development. The game features like seven really in-depth lessons. And what I think is great about these lessons is that they deliberately lead you into programming errors or issues and then encourage you to say, well, let's get back to programming, let's see what went wrong, and let's keep improving. It really encourages the player to get that healthy development mindset to be comfortable with things going wrong, with things breaking, and finding out what happened, which if you've ever delved into any sort of programming, that's an important mindset to have. So, in all those aspects, in both the soft and the hard skills, it does teach you a lot of what you need to know. Of course, on a very bare bones level, but it's still valuable to know. That's fantastic.
2: Um, mm-hmm. That
0: sounds incredible. So, my, my brother in law is a programmer, and mm. uh, largely self taught. He's he's a he's one of those he's one of those like really smart guys. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> so, I'm always in, very impressed when people are able to to translate you know code into something else on screen you know i think that's i just Mm -hmm. think that's incredible so i'm very curious campbell so after you went through the the main lessons of this game what program did you just experiment with just to see if the the skills would translate did you use unity or what
1: oh yeah so um my brother actually uh makes games with game maker so, I kind of oh, messed nice, around yeah. with that a little bit. I didn't make anything amazing, but if you I, look I, at it though, yeah. this, the same structure is there. In Game Builder Garage, you have these elements called nodons, which all you lay them out on a grid, you connect them together, and each nodon is a function of some sort, such as this uh, the B button nodon is something you can connect to a character nodon to determine what happens when the character or the player character presses B. Right? So it has that kind of element of these different nodons connecting together. And then when it comes to game maker, you know, you still have it visually laid out where you have these different blocks of like code or visualized uh, programming that all determine a different function. So it really works out the same way. Obviously it's way more complicated in game maker because you're actually coding rather than just using these pre made colorful blocks, but the concepts are there. I think that's so Interesting. So,
0: obviously, I, I, again, the only frame of reference I have for this kind of a thing is Mario Maker Two. Mm-hmm, That's the only right. one of these I've really messed around with. I, I purchased Dreams a while back on. I was my about to say
2: I reviewed that on the. Site of, yeah. Back when oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I haven't I haven't
0: actually had a chance to dive into it yet. I, I, it was on sale somewhat recently, so I did put it in. My, you know, just just another thing to throw in the pile of my ever growing <laughs> backlog. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of these days, I am gonna try to dive into it so the only frame of reference i have for this kind of a thing is mario maker 2 right. which at the, every stage is like all right you know do this thing do this very specific task and then you've done it this game it does do a little bit of that it sounds if it's based on your review it does that a little bit but i'm curious to hear your experience with the as you mentioned before the the bug aspect like what is that about
1: absolutely absolutely I think it sets that expectation up literally from the very first moment you turn on the game what happens is you don't really see the title screen you don't see a list of lessons instead it drops you into one of the games that you'll be making and it's like this simple platformer and you see a little message that says go get the apple and the apple is on the platform and so you can move around but before long you find out you can't jump you're pressing b Nothing happens. Any button, you can't jump. And then a little, like, Navi-like instructor shows up, and this element, I don't even know what to call it, just little Navi-like fairy, something like that, but it shows up, and it's like, hey, I see you're having some trouble there. It looks like there was an issue with the game. Let's go into programming and see what happened. And so a lot of things like that happen, where you know you have to do something, you'll find that something went wrong, or something isn't working like you expect it to and then says, well, let's go behind the scenes, let's work on the back end and see what we can add, what we can change to fix it. And that's the very first lesson you get where you realize, oh, I have to say what the B button does. I have to say what button will make the character jump. And it teaches you how to find that and how to determine that. And it keeps doing that throughout the, the lessons, which are really in depth, but they often deliberately lead you into those issues as a way to teach you how to work around them. And obviously, you know, it's never just, or rarely I should say, as simple as that first example where you can just connect one thing to another. The games are really complicated, and the ways that you have to connect these nodons together are often really elaborate. There are times where something as simple as just punching a crate to get it to break or walking into a door to get it to open require... I want to say dozens of nodons to connect together in highly specific ways in order to work. So it deliberately leads you into those areas to, on the one hand, naturally lead you into learning those concepts and into getting you comfortable with finding workarounds, which may not always be elegant, but get the job done.
0: Well, I feel like that's programming in a nutshell.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was so surprised by when I started playing the game, and I was having like traumatized flashbacks to my computer science class, and I was like, "This is just like when I was learning Python." Oh wow! <laughs> it's funny. I've, I've been doing a little—I um, don't
0: know what you want to call it—a little research into development of some old JRPGs. So, reading, reading a lot of interviews, a lot hmm. of interviews with like Yuji Horii and like all all the stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and the way he. Talks about developing games for the NES is fascinating. Like, and just like play testers and all that kind of stuff. Like, game development is such a such a wacky thing. Like, going back, you know, thirty, thirty five years, it's it's never been smooth. Like, never. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no, no matter how many how sophisticated the tools get, whether it's through education uh, software like this game, or you, you know going back to you know, MS DOS or whatever—it's never been smooth to to program. So I, I think it's really interesting that this game acknowledges that, and uh, I don't know, forces you to do it in a way that's not as smooth as you might expect.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised by that, and you know, given my own limited, very very limited personal experience with programming, it was reminding me of that, and I can see how this would be incredibly valuable, especially especially for somebody who's starting out and it gets you it sets you up for success in terms of being okay with failure and seeing it not as failure but as an opportunity to improve and getting comfortable with creating these incredibly convoluted strange workarounds that will eventually work you know this game is in some ways i want to call it incredibly accessible especially for somebody like me who's never really been that comfortable with programming syntax and following the the logic between everything you know when i when i actually started the free programming mode i was honestly floundering in terms of like how do i get these things to work but it does introduce you to those concepts in a remarkably accessible way especially when you compare it to actually learning a real game development engine so it's a great starting point
0: so so let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the free development mode. So mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's exactly what it sounds like. You just drop into like a blank space and it's like, all right, go nuts.
1: Yep, that's exactly what it is. And Oof. the fun thing is, if you do it like in the middle of the lessons, like I said, there's seven of them and they are all very very long. Like many of these lessons will take over an hour to complete. But if you if you're going through the lessons, you're only given access to a few nodons at a time, the ones that are actually pertinent to whatever task you're working on, So if you go into the free programming mode while you're still in the middle of the core content of the core instructional materials, it's overwhelming how many different options and how many materials and possibilities are at your fingertips and how many incredibly bizarre and convoluted ways you can just break the game out of that. Um, So, you know, I was definitely not great at the free programming mode at all, but even then, once I did complete the lessons, I did feel somewhat equipped to try and build something amazing. It's certainly nowhere near as incredible as the things that certain players have been making. You've probably seen some titles from Game Builder Garage that players have made popping up on Twitter that are honestly mind blowing. I have no idea how people did this, but it speaks to the versatility that is possible when you're in that engine.
0: What's the? I'm just. I just want your opinion. What's mm-hmm. the most interesting or the coolest thing you've seen so far?
2: Can it run Doom? Can it run Doom?
1: <laughs> it can, actually. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> yep. It probably can.
1: <laughs> no, it certainly can. One of the games I played earlier today was a recreation of Doom in Game of oh, nice. Garage. It is fantastic. And they even use this little like in-game music maker to sound somewhat similar to the little Doom theme song. And it was amazing. Not only that, but it even had the movement down where it was first person. And it had that like chunky movement from grid to grid. Like Mm -hmm. it was so good how they simulated that. The only thing that was lacking, and this is probably my biggest gripe with uh, Game Builder Garage's, I suppose, just its inventory of characters and customizability. You can't really change the characters all that much. You're always working with just the same generic robots and aliens. You can change those, their color. Those
0: little, those little blue and red robot look Exactly.
1: Guys. I mean, you can change their mm-hmm. colors so that way they're like turquoise or something like that. But you can't make them into any other kind of character. The one workaround you do have is where you can connect the character to a texture sprite and like try and create these pixelated sprites. I saw one one um, game that was actually trying to create Sonic that way, and they had this like pixelated sprite of Sonic, and it looked great but there's no way to simulate that in 3D so that is one limitation but people do find workarounds for it
0: nice yeah i'm i don't know i'm i hope that this game continues to be supported in a in a good capacity like i don't know it's it's always hard to like obviously the the, the creativity of people is limitless you know it's mm-hmm. it, people it sounds like people can really come up with almost anything they want in this little engine that nintendo has provided I just hope that you know there continues to be an audience for it. Like it it just it sucks to see great ideas just kind of sit there and nobody plays them, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this because I actually wrote the same thing, Cameron, in my review for Dreams where I oh, talked really? about how this game is going to live or die based on the community. Yeah, and, and it, looking at it's... Dreams today, there are some incredible projects you have like mm. That one guy creating, like, that Avatar The Last Airbender game, which looks absolutely phenomenal. But then the rest of the community is sort of struggling to find good creations when there are so many beginners just giving up since they feel so overwhelmed by right. the amount of stuff on the platform.
0: Well, and that's that's even how I felt with Mario Maker 2. Like, I, I picked up that oh, game yeah. last, mm-hmm. was it, what, two years ago? Or however long ago it came yeah, out? Yeah, that's when I came out. I was out. like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to make great Mario levels, and then just... It's overwhelming. It's yeah. overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's, and you see the competition, and it's like, well, I can't make something that good. It's like, well, why even try? And then you feel discouraged, and then you don't touch the game for two years <laughs> not that yeah, I've done that's... that but uh <laughs> no no any same names.
2: thing with yeah same thing with dreams yeah right but I think that... so
1: oh sorry no no no
0: I was just gonna say Campbell what do you what do you think about that and how it applies to this <laughs>
1: game <laughs> yeah no I think that game builder garage is actually uniquely positioned to have maybe potentially some greater longevity than these other game builders on the market because of the way it's focused because whereas those games were all about just unlimited creativity, anybody can play it, anybody can do anything, Game Builder Garage focuses so much on the education side of things that I think that, especially considering the fact that this game was originally part of one of the Labo kits before being greatly expanded and revised Hmm. for Switch, remember how Nintendo tried to push Labo in classrooms and everything to be like, get kids building and creative? I think that they have a great opportunity... To do the same thing with Game Builder Garage, put it in all those introductory STEM classes, those programming classes, game oh, design yeah. workshops. This is an excellent introduction for kids or for so, anybody who just wants to learn that.
0: That's a that's a great question. I, I again, I, I sent this when this game first got announced, kind of out of nowhere, a few a few months ago. I mm-hmm. sent this trailer to my my programmer brother in law because his his daughter, my niece. Is very She's very into Nintendo. She's very into Switch. She loves Untitled Goose Game. Like, she's, she's very... Oh, she's just playing like, that with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like... Aww. She's, like, very into games. And she's, like, I want to say around 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. Do you think... Like, you say this is a great program or a great tool for for young people. What, what would you say the... Like, I don't know. Like, how old do you think is too old or too young to, to mess around with this?
1: Hmm. Well, I would say no age is too old for it, because the material is accessible, but also it'll still make you think a lot of the time. Especially, like Mm. I said, my brain isn't wired that way, so there were a lot of times where I was like, the AND nodon connects to the OR nodon, so then you have to connect it to the, the joystick nodon to do this and that. You know, it's tough to follow, but at least in the lessons, the instructions are so cheerful and direct and clear I think anybody can find some, some, something to learn out of it. So I do think that 9 or 10 is definitely an accessible age for it, especially oh, cool. because the overall presentation is so welcoming, where the Nodons aren't just these little colorful guys, they're not just um, easy to recognize, but they are actual characters. They have these silly faces, and during the lessons, they like interact with each other and have conversations. Um, One of my favorite ones was the... I can't remember what it's called now. I think it was called the Rewind Nodon that, like, restarts the game whenever a certain condition is met. And that Nodon, it's like... They paint it as this old, depressed guy who's always regretting his life. And so he's like, Man, I wish I could do that over. I wish I could rewind. Well, then you should use him to rewind the game. You know? So they have those great (laughs) characterizations there that make it fun to remember what these functions do and put them together so it's very welcoming in that respect that's certainly very helpful because like looking back on dreams they just threw
2: at you a bunch of stuff and while the tutorials were very helpful you couldn't remember what was what it was like diving into Mm -hmm. a whole catalog of stuff and they were just like all right if you need help go online and figure it out
1: exactly i will say that's what game builder garage does really well the pace is excellent each lesson is divided up into like seven or eight subtasks it's almost like levels in the overworld of a traditional platform or something like that where it's all divided up into these little tasks these little bites that focus on one individual concept and you just keep doing that and each one is featuring these colorful characters these little quips and quibbles that make it memorable and they kind of just settle in with you and so it makes it much easier to absorb the content when you're actually the training wheels go off and you're actually making games for yourself. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I think I think personifying the different elements is very
1: smart. It feels very Nintendo to do that as well. Oh yeah. Classic uh, Nintendo in every respect. This game has is loaded with charm, which really shouldn't come as a surprise, you know, but it's very nice that they can take such a sterile concept as looking at some blocks of code and connecting them to one another and making it this like cartoony adventure and the best thing i'll say is that whenever you do complete one of the seven games that it guides you through all the nodons like break out in celebration and there's this like you know joyful music and they're like man i knew you could do it you're the best game designer ever all that kind of stuff and it's just so sweet and i can imagine if i was you know nine or ten years old and working through all that that would be amazing
0: yeah, positive reinforcement is is you know
2: powerful. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, dreams it's did deal. not give you that. <laughs> right. Well, that's because
1: Nintendo loves you, unlike Sony. Yeah, I was gonna say it's
2: a. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a great thing that they teach you like this is a mistake, and here's how you can work around it. Because in dreams, it was like you made a mistake, figure it out. Like, where, where did you go wrong? Like, this wasn't our fault. You know. Right. Well, yeah. Mm. It sounds. I don't know. I hope it gets. A, I hope it continues
0: to get support. I. I wonder if Nintendo. I. I don't know. I, I don't really see this happening. But I wonder if they'll release like. Uh, you know, skins or character packs or anything like that,
1: mm-hmm. to kind
0: of. Do you know what I mean? Like, like. They're. They're not gonna do this. But imagine no, if they released so. like. Oh, you can put your characters in like the Link outfit or something like that. You know what
1: I mean? Oh man, that would be amazing. But no, they'll never do that. That would make too much sense. But what I will say (laughs) is that I did play a user-created game that was all about Link goes crazy in town, and it was this beautifully made, where they had this sprite-based Link, and they had just one message in the game, and it just said, "Press A to Hya," and you were just going through this town, destroying pots. And destroying everything you could see, attacking cuckoos, there were even these little villagers nearby who were all happy, and then once you destroyed their pots, their faces were turned red, and they would get mad at you. It was just beautiful. So, even if Nintendo isn't giving us the Link mass vandalization gameplay that we desire, the players are going to step up.
0: I mean, life finds a way. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the best thing I've ever heard. Or you should say Link
1: finds a ya.
2: Ah. Uh...
0: Ah, that's pretty good
1: you probably shouldn't say that actually but yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) we should mention this game came out at a horrible time it came out during e3 literally on the friday of e3 come on nintendo yeah, that was a mistake. They should have yeah. held off like a week or so. They should have put wonder... it like
1: a week after the direct, so that way they could put in a little sizzle reel and be like, "Hey, don't forget about this game." But yeah, then everybody the... forgot about here's... this game.
0: Yeah, here's all the stuff you can do in our brand new game. It's like, no, we're just gonna let it. It seems that does seem like an odd choice to kind of let it get buried like that. But eh, I don't know. Who knows?
1: I mean, even then, Nintendo definitely isn't positioning this as a big first party release. It's even. It's not even full retail price. It's on
2: labo scale. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, I was about to. Ask
0: Ask Campbell, what, what is it? It's like 40 bucks.
1: I think it's 30 bucks, but 30 yeah, better, I think huh? it's 30. Yeah, for physical See, and digital. I think. And
0: in this situation, I'm like $30 what a deal! A first party Nintendo project <laughs> where you can make anything you want. Like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Like, I don't know, that's like three pizzas. It really is. <laughs> Everything can the pick there you go with a, with a coupon with like ranch um, sauce, and there you go. <laughs> So I don't know. Uh, yeah, you can check out Campbell's review of Game Builder Garage on on Switch over on Goomba Stomp. It's and honestly, Campbell, a, again, a very well written review. You you really lay out. Here are the challenges that the average person might encounter with programming. Here is how Nintendo makes them fun. Like you, you took me from somebody who was kind of skeptical about this project to being very, very interested. So I, I, I commend you for for that. Oh
1: well, thank you. Commend me. Yeah, man
0: you're commended thank you um, i
1: ap- i appreciate it <laughs> i don't know how to take a compliment on the show but oh
0: no, it's good listen keep it all leave it all in mark leave all this in oh yeah please do uh the more awkward campbell gets the better the show becomes we all i can it.
1: confirm that the more powers, the better.
0: <laughs> um so yeah anything else you want to kind of mention anything we anything you didn't mention about about the about your time with this game before we before we move on to something else
1: no, I think it covered pretty much everything I can think of. so <laughs> <laughs> all I'll say is that, I'll, I'll say it again, if you're even the slightest bit interested in it, and if you've had, maybe if, if, you've, if you've had bad experiences with programming, computers, if you consider yourself computationally illiterate like I do, this game is a lovely reintroduction to the process. Even if you don't want to make games, it gives you a newfound appreciation for the people who do. Where when I was in the free programming mode trying to wrap my head around how everything interconnects, I was like, wow, I can't even do this with silly cartoon characters that tell me what they're supposed to do. Imagine people who actually have to type this stuff out manually. So it does function in a way as a love letter to game developers as well. So whether you want to learn how to create games or just gain an even deeper appreciation for it, there's a lot to appreciate with this game.
0: I love that. All right, great. Uh, So make sure y'all check out Campbell's Write-Up on Game Builder Garage. It's on Goomastomp.com. We're going to take one more quick break, come back, with a little indie spotlight for you all. So stay tuned. have a little indie spotlight for you all. I've been playing a wonderful game on my Switch called Overboard. Uh, I heard about this game... I don't remember who I heard about this game from. Some some other... Po- I, I hate to say it, I listen to other gaming podcasts occasionally. Last me. And week. I, can't, I can't remember if I heard this on a gaming podcast or read it on a different article or, or something, but I heard about this game and I was like, I gotta, I gotta check this out. And it is like... I started playing it right around E3 time, and it is just the absolute reverse of all the all the bombast all the like over promises of e3 it's like this game you know exactly what you're getting and it is awesome i've been thoroughly enjoying my time with it so how would i describe overboard it's kind of the presentation I would call it akin to a visual novel it's a it's like a 2d style of game uh characters have dialogue boxes they talk to each other it's presented presented kind of like a visual novel how the game starts and this is not a spoiler this happens in the first five seconds of the game the game starts with the the player character pushing her husband off of a cruise ship to his death uh it is un, he is unambiguously dead this is a murder and so the rest of the game is you trying to escape suspicion and make it to shore without getting caught it's so freaking good if you've if you've ever read an agatha christie novel or any kind of a whodunit something like that it is you basically play the plot of this game except it's except it's reversed because rather than a detective trying to to solve a murder you are the person doing the murder and trying to escape the the watchful eye of all the passengers of the the cruise ship around you it's 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 extremely unique it's very cool the tone is just right um it has kind of a kind of a 1930s feel so it's very jazzy and all the characters kind of talk with a snappy kind of dialogue like there's no voice acting in this game but as you're reading the dialogue you can kind of imagine that the characters are responding in a very kind of witty banter it's just good you guys i highly highly recommend it it's unexpected in how it plays out too so how how it works is you've killed your husband your character wakes up and it's like all right this boat docks in you know eight hours seven hours whatever it is so how do how do i while away the time every every action you take costs a little bit of time that's kind of like your main thing that you're running up against so whether it's Alright, I need to go try to convince the captain to give me his key so I can sneak into somebody's bedroom and plant something there. It's like, okay, that'll cost a little bit of time. Or whether it's like, okay, I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to the smoking lounge and just like hide in the smoking lounge for an hour. It's like traveling there will take fifteen minutes or whatever it takes. So everything you do takes a little bit of time. So you're always running up against the clock. And characters will like talk to you, like, hey, like where, you know, where, where's your husband? I haven't seen him this morning. And you have to kind of like come up with excuses. And every every person you talk to will remember the things that you say to them. So it's like, of course, by the time you dock, there's kind of a... If, you, if you've ever read an Agatha Christie novel, there's kind of a, a detective character who's around to kind of tie everything together. So no matter what you do, this detective character will inevitably say, all right, I have an announcement to make. Like, there's been a murder aboard this ship. Something has happened. And he'll, he'll kind of explain his, th- his thoughts. And based on the actions that you've taken during that day, he, he'll be right or wrong, or you'll, he'll be misled, or, or you know, you'll get caught and sent off to prison. And the, the, coo- the, the coolest thing about it, I would say, is that there's kind of a, what did you call it, kind of a live, die, repeat situation going on, too. So you, you finish your, your your day on the boat... And whether you escape, whether you make it to shore, whether you get caught, whatever it is, the game will reset back to the morning of, back to 8 a.m., back to your husband being killed and you trying to escape suspicion. But every time you do that, you've you figured out more information. you figured out, okay, here's, here's the schedule of certain people on this boat. Here's how I can manipulate the things that I know will happen in half an hour to my advantage. So there, there's a very cool... You can kind of take shortcuts because you know, like, all right, well, I know in half an hour that the captain will be in the restaurant having his breakfast or, or whatever it is. So I don't know. It's, it's a really cool game. Very unexpected. Kind of came out of nowhere. I highly, highly recommend it. And, of course, you know, as usual, perfect on Switch. Like, it was originally, I think, a mobile game. And so, so to put it on Switch is, uh, of course, a, a great move. Uh, great music, great art, great
2: dialogue unexpected twists highly recommend overboard i don't know (laughs) it reminds me a lot of a game i reviewed a while back i think i actually talked about on the podcast a few episodes ago but it's called call of the sea and it has a 1930s vibe and you're this woman and you were on a boat at first but then you get off onto like a mysterious island and you have to explore and find your missing husband so it's sort of like the reverse case. It's like of the reverse, <laughs> <laughs> but it has like the same aesthetics and vibe. And looking at the screenshots, it definitely is all the same inspirations of like nineteen thirties, nineteen forties culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it definitely has a, a specific a specific vibe that it's going for, and they, and it deals with like things that were happening around that time as well. Mm-hmm. So you're talking to characters who like. Oh, do you think? Do you think there's there's a character? There's a British character, a British passenger aboard the ship. and It's like, oh, do you, do you think there's going to be another war? It's you know, right around the time that World War Two was, was about to start. And he's like, oh no, spoilers. Of like, <laughs> you know, boy, <laughs> you know stuff stuff like that. Uh, I would say that it, <laughs> there's a there's a chapel in the game in the on, on the ship which it kind of acts as your, like, hint system. So your character can go to the chapel and, like, pray and be like, ah, oh, you know, how, what, what do I do next? Like, how can I escape? And um, <laughs> the, the game's representation of God is very snarky and very, like, oh, you're asking me for help after you just committed this murder? Really? You want me to tell you what's going on? Like, okay, great. I guess I'll tell you. Oh, my like, gosh. <laughs> it's it's very funny. Um, and, again, kind of kind of unexpected. Like, you can ask it, you know, are... are It'll, it, you can get very specific with the questions you ask. Like, I think the game does a good... Like, it's it's a pretty complicated... It can get very complicated. So the, the game gets pretty specific with the questions you can ask it. So r- rather than, like, go into a menu and be like, oh, what do I do with this item? You can... It turns it into part of the gameplay. So it'll ask, like, are sleeping pills helpful? And the game will respond with, well, like, in the 1930s, people had a pretty fixed view of what... People, what kinds of person were prescribed sleeping pills, so, you know, do with that what you will. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's fun. like, like, let me just say that uh, accusing another character aboard the ship of doing the murder because she was too hysterical is definitely an option. Let me just say that. Mm. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. Fun, funny, a little transgressive. I, I've, I've been really enjoying my time with it. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's kind of my, my broad view broad uh, spotlight of, of overboard by inkle studios i n k l e very very small independent studio so been been very much enjoying that
1: awesome so one quick question i know you mentioned it's all about replaying it multiple times uh, how yeah. long does it take for you to go through one run of the oh, game on average less less than 10 minutes really Oh yeah. absolutely. Wait, less <laughs> than, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Absolutely. No, a run is less than, less than 10 minutes. Like you, if you, if you know what you're doing, you can, you can just skip dialogue options. You can just fast forward your way through. It's like, again, cause it's again, originally design, designed as a mobile game. So this is very much supposed to be played in short bursts. So you can do mm-hmm. like a quote, unquote day in just a couple of minutes, but there's a ton to do. Like, I've I've done maybe twenty or so attempts of trying to to make it out because there's there's kind of there's kind of three main goals you're trying to hit for yourself. One is escaping the ship, avoiding any suspicion. Uh, the next is escaping the ship, avoiding any suspicion, and walking away with the insurance money. And then uh, if you're able to hit those goals, like more things are kind of unlocked, you know. So it's like the the more different ways you get off the ship the more options there are to replay and and try to get a different outcome Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah yeah it's it's uh and and like within the structure of the game there is it's very very replayable like you might think like okay well i have to do these three you know i have to do these five things every single time and it's like no 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 it's It's very, very different depending on the order you do those things, depending, like depending on who you talk to at certain times of day, you might get different options. Mm -hmm. Like I spent, I spent a good three or four attempts trying to pickpocket the, the key to another character's cabin before I realized like, oh, I can, I can, I have this other option available to me. Like there's, there's so many different options to, to get the results that you want, I don't know. It's it's pretty cool, and I'm sure that there are optimal ways to play this game. I'm sure there's like a speed run that's you know boom 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 two minutes long, get get through it instantly. But I've been really much enjoying just experimenting with with all the different ways to to do certain things. Um, but yeah, a run is is much shorter than you might think. But and, and yet and yet, I would call it worth the time. To uh to
1: circle back around to I was our to say, discussion. worth the time and the money I mean from what I'm looking at now the the price I can see is fourteen ninety nine and hearing about so much replayability and also just looking at the screenshots hearing about the aesthetic the story it sounds like such an experience that you can get so much out of with each additional run I think with that kind of value it definitely seems to de- deliver plenty of content plenty of enjoyment for that. For the asking price, for the amount of content on display.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell this game to anybody, but I oh, yeah. would say it's, I would say it's, it's certainly worth it, and it's, it's the kind of thing mm. where if you're a fan of that mystery genre, like the, the whodunit genre, right, y- you'll definitely get something out of it playing it from the opposite perspective. Um, it's, it's pretty cool to be like, oh yeah, like I read Mur- Murder on the Orient Express, so like it's, it's cool to, <laughs> to, you know, to play the bad guy <laughs> in, in that kind of a game. It's, it's, it's unusual. Mm. It's like you, you think that. This would be—I don't know—I haven't played a game like this. I'm sure there are—I'm sure there are other indie games like this, but to me, it's such a unique experience because you're always playing. And I'm mentioning—I'm writing about this um, as we speak, as as we're recording. It feels like in games you're always playing the detective type, you know. So it's funny to play it from the from the uh, the criminal side. It's like it's it's just so different. So I've been. I've been enjoying my my time uh as as kind of a a bad guy or a bad a bad lady i should say It's it's been it's been a fun experience um and it's surprisingly adult themes too like like yeah it's dealing with murder obviously but it doesn't feel like that's the only theme it's playing with like there's like some some interesting little political overtones that are sprinkled throughout there's definitely some like sexuality themes kind of overlaid into it. It's like, oh, it's like this game is not afraid to, to to go to some some interesting and dark places, which was kind of welcome. Like despite the cartoony aesthetic, it does go to some some interesting uh places which you might not, might not might not anticipate from from just looking at a trailer. So yeah, I've I've been very much enjoying my time with it. And yes, I would I would give it the the stamp of approval for worth the time and worth the money. Though again, if you got a limited gaming budget, maybe wait for a sale. Who the heck knows? I don't know. Um <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my, my my thoughts. My spotlight on on overboard. Uh, I don't know. Anything else? You want to wrap up before
2: we before we call it a night? Well, <laughs> I had I, there was something I was about to say. What was it? I don't know. I don't know what
1: it was either. Perhaps your your <laughs> thoughts went overboard along with the husband. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Uh, yeah, Campbell, I, 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 uh, I'm gonna blame you for this.
1: Yeah, I um, need to get at least one pun in each segment. So now we're ready to close the show.
0: Nicely done, buddy. Well, with that, we'll call it a night here. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron daxon you can find my writing over on Goomastomp.com. I would say my most recent piece. I did a couple pieces on uh, a couple of E3 related pieces. I wrote about Advance Wars with the reboot coming up and, of course, a little, a little segment on Metroid Dread. And hopefully by the time you're listening to this recording, I will have a piece up on Overboard.
2: And you can find me on Twitter over at ActionDaxon. And uh, Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Markel, and that of course is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, and right now on the website, you can check out my reviews weekly for Loki. I just posted episode three today, and I also have an article out on Tariba, which is a very cool game that you should know about. If you want to win free prizes from Japan, like big Kirby plushes, check it out. And then I also have my review for, uh, of course. <laughs> Lego Builder's Journey. I almost called it Lego Game Builder Garage. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate <Final>. crossover.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I have all that out.
0: Perfect. And, and Campbell, what about
1: yourself? Of course, you can find all my games writing at Goombastomp.com. I've got a written review of Game Builder's Journey Garage, Lego, whatever the <laughs> heck you want to call it. Um, and all alongside that, I have a indie game spotlight coming out this weekend, as well as some sort of coverage for age of calamity dlc coming up hopefully in the next few days we'll see how that turns out and if you want to follow me on social media feel free to check me out on twitter at campbellaskill uppercase csg
0: lovely and of course Express is also on twitter we are at Express nintendo and we are on youtube as well Express nintendo podcast so make sure you take a look at that and of course we are on the podcast platform of your choice so make sure you subscribe comment you know all that stuff five star reviews we could use some reviews i think it's been a while since we've had any reviews so yeah thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time